Yo, yo, welcome back to Footy with Q. It's your boy Q, as always. Let's talk footy. So, I just realized that the Bundesliga is playing games like every other day. And right off the bat, I just want to say I'm concerned for these players because top quality football every other day is exhausting. There's a reason they play once a week with that Champions League or or um, domestic cup play in the middle every once in a while. It gets exhausting, right? And even if you, when you see it, you'll see players being rested and stuff. I know they've just had their rest and they should be okay, but uh, no, nah, I don't know. I'm still concerned. I'm concerned for their health. But anyway, there's, uh, yeah, with, with so much going on, uh, I'm finding it hard to keep up. I don't know if you guys are uh, are in the same boat here. But but it's fun. It's it's exciting. Um, we just saw an awesome match the other day between Dortmund and Bayern. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but uh, I think I think I think that sealed the Bundesliga title. I mean, between between Dortmund taking that loss and Leipzig drawing two out of their three games, Bayern took the jump. They're they're so far ahead. I can't see I can't see either team catching up to Bayern. Even even with their bad play in the first little bit, <clears throat> it, they, their team just comes together. Like that talent is insane. Like, did you guys see Kimmich against Dortmund? The guy was unreal. Um, the game before, I think it was against Union. Um, Leon Goretzka had an insane game, right? And and Alfonso Davies against Dortmund was incredible, was unbelievable. He clocked. Here's a fun fact for you guys: he clocked in at a top speed of 32 kilometers an hour running. The other day, I was on my bike, and I was going on a downhill, and I was pedaling as fast as I could. And I clocked in at a 32 kilometers an hour on a bike. This dude did it running from a standstill position to come back and make a ta- tackle. Unreal. Unreal. And every time he does something like this, I just get so happy. And I know my fellow Canadians get happy as well. Like, this is unreal. This is, I think, the first time in a very, very, very long time that people have been talking about a Canadian athlete like this. So bless you, Alfonso. Keep doing your thing, brother. Keep killing it. Um, I Honestly, at the rate he's going, he'll probably end up with uh, the, the Young Player of the Year award, I think, personally. I don't see why not. I don't know many 19-year-olds playing better than he is right now. So yeah, that that being said, I just I can't see anyone closing this gap on Bayern yet again. I think this is going to be their eighth title in a row. Uh, they're dominating the league as always, and you got to give it to them. They replaced they replaced some some big names and some large talent with with some amazing young talent, and those guys are stepping up and they're maturing into their roles and they're playing great football. Right, Dormund. Dortmund was was playing so well, and it kind of is a shame to see 
you know, a one nil loss against Bayern. I think based on the first two games of the season, I think Dortmund was playing better football than, than Bayern was, but you know, form is temporary class is permanent. So I guess it just goes to say that Bayern's players are just better than Dortmund's players. Right. You don't always want to say that, but that's, that's really what it's looking like. So realistically, yeah, prematurely in advance, congrats Bayern on winning the league title. Um, but thanks for coming back anyway and giving us something to watch. Um, that being said, Spanish football is on its way back. We're getting it. We're getting it in a couple, uh, couple weeks. We'll be getting it back, which I'm absolutely ecstatic about. Super happy, but even their format is kind of, kind of worrying me. So it's going to be 32 days of straight football. Every day there's going to be a game. And yeah, obviously I know it's not the same team every game, but if if you're playing every day, you're probably playing twice a week, I'd say, for a month straight. And these players are going to be exhausted. Again, especially in the summer heat, you, you, we're really draining these players for our entertainment. You hate to see it, but you also love to see it. I don't know. Again, I'm torn. I'm so morally torn because, you know, I want to feel for them as human beings. But at the same time, I'm so happy I get to watch, you know, the sport that I love. So I don't know. I'm torn about it. But, you know, I trust that these guys know what they're doing. Trust that the coaches are going to rotate players properly and and everything will work out. But there's been a lot of talk because... um I guess now that La Liga's back, a lot of Premier League people are talking about. I'd say typically those are the top two leagues. Um, if you ask anyone, typically that's what they're going to say. Those are the top two leagues. So um, I think there's like this little competition where now that La Liga's back, the English Prem is kind of wanting to get back to to keep up with it. And some players have come out and said, yeah, we'll be back the week after La Liga. So you don't know if if information has been spilled and they accidentally slipped up and said this or they're just speculating. Truthfully, you never really know. Um, but I think I think with so many English Prem players taking a, a stance, it's getting a little difficult. Like in Spain, they're kind of they're kind of okay with it and they're 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 getting ready to get back to practice they they've been practicing they've been okay with it and they're eager whereas in England you know you have a guy like like Conte who's probably the most lovable football player in the world right now and he's saying no I'm not playing I'm not risking my safety for this entertainment I'm not doing it that's a big stance and and you know, a couple of reporters tried to ask other Chelsea players to see what they think of it. Here's the thing. That's that's a teammate. That's a, You don't throw your teammate under the bus. And rightfully so, none of them did. They all said, yeah, we respect his decision. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Right? No one's going to be, no one's going to publicly say, oh, I think, you know, I think he's being a baby about the situation. No one's going to say that because then you just destroy any team chemistry you have. They're a tight-knit team. They're a good team. They all like each other. They all like Conte. So, you know, when when a guy like him is saying, I don't want to play, 
it kind of paves the way for other players to to join in the movement and then the league has to kind of make a decision do we continue without these big name players or or do we take their take their word a little bit more seriously and and, and reflect and i think all of it comes down to what i was saying uh, a couple episodes ago um remember i briefly mentioned where i saw someone talking about how revenue has been the biggest factor of whether um, the league comes back or not. And I, I love this because the English Prem has not ruled out the comeback. They keep saying, no, we're not, you know, we're not canceling yet. There, the, the possibility of a comeback is still on the table. Whereas the women's championship got canceled, full out canceled. So you think about it and, and, and you know, it's, it's, the same cities, the same country, players are living in the same neighborhoods. So why is one comeback still on the table, whereas one isn't? You can't help but think it's revenue. And then here's the kicker. Didier Deschamps, legend, legend in football, comes out and says they canceled women's football based on revenue. He just flat out came out. He did not, he had no remorse for anything. Just said it. Yeah, this is all, this is, you know, this is revenue based. The women aren't making money, so they canceled it. But, you know, they have a, they have potential to make a lot of money through the men's league. So we're going to try to keep the comeback on the table. And let's not worry about safety of the players. Money is the focus. I've always respected Deschamps. I gained a little bit more respect for him now after saying that. So, you know, that guy's theory may not be a theory anymore. I think I think it's becoming facts, which is a shame shame to see. The the these uh, these upper, you know, board members of of the leagues sitting there worried about revenue loss. I'm sure I'm sure you can sacrifice a little bit of revenue. You know how much money teams make through jersey sales alone? And then you, then you add in the fact that there's ticket sales and then and then merch sales and then uh, concession sales like you you they're making their money they're making a lot of money and I think you know you can sacrifice a bit for the safety of your players but I don't know it's weird that a lot of players aren't talking about this more you know it's weird that Conte is the only one taking a stand. It's weird that Didier Deschamps is the only manager taking a stand and saying saying what nobody wants to say. I, I, I genuinely don't know what to take of it. I, I don't know what to... I don't know what to make of it. I don't, I don't know how to feel about this. It's... I think if I were in that position, I would be concerned that, you know, these board members are more concerned with... Uh, with making money than than me as a human being. But I don't know, I'm not a pro soccer player. These guys are these guys are pro. They they they're doing what they love. I think for them it's not about it's not about anything other than the fact that they just want to go and play because this is what they do. This is their passion. This is what they love. Which brings me to my next point. Gareth Bale came out and said 
Football is my job. Golf is my passion. And apparently that shocked the world. There's been a lot of drama with, you know, his golfing and interfering with his footballing career. Here's the thing, though. Does he even have a footballing career anymore? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if I told you guys this before, but Gareth Bale is my favorite player. I've been I've been watching him since since 2006 when he left Southampton. I saw him at Southampton as a left back. I followed his transfer to Tottenham, and I said, I think this kid is going to be a star. I just I, I saw something. I thought I thought he was going to be incredible. So I followed his career, and and Harry Redknapp brought out the star in him, and and. He became a legend at, at Tottenham and then got that big money transferred to Real Madrid. And then Real Madrid ruined his career. I get it. I, I, I get it that, you know, sometimes managers and players don't always see eye to eye and don't don't gel. Okay, that's fine. I get it. Sell the player. The way the way Real Madrid has treated him is disgusting. It's it's poor sportsmanship. If you don't have any interest in playing the guy, sell him. But they they said we have no interest in selling him either, which means they just want him to rot on the bench. And then when he says something like, yeah, you know, the passion for football died. Well, obviously it died. You can't tell a guy, yo, we don't want to sell you because you're a big name, but we don't want you to play. Also, when you do play, our fans are going to whistle at you and jeer at you and make fun of you, even though uh, he scored like three game-winning goals in, in cup finals. It, nothing of that makes sense to me. So the fact that this guy is saying golfing is my passion and football is just my job, that that was a, a fire in his, in his heart that, that Real Madrid just came and said, nope, and they, and they you know, put out the fire. So don't hate on the guy for what he said. I think that's insane. I think I think once he gets the the transfer he wants, that that fire might reignite and and he'll get back into football. But it, it's it's just it's sad. And I'm not I'm not hating on on Madrid in general because I'm just saying the way they handled this was inappropriate. Thing is, I've always said since since couple years ago i've been saying that the the two footballing graveyards are madrid and barcelona so just so you guys understand that this i'm not hating on on madrid i'm not being you know my barca self where i'm anti-madrista i genuinely think my club as well is a graveyard well where we do stuff like that we'll buy players let them rot on the bench and then refuse to sell them or we'll buy players and just not do anything with them right um real madrid is looking to swoop for holland this summer you just signed luka jovic what you have a young striker you know let him learn give him give him some time and and he'll be there but realistically jovic went from you know an up-and-coming phenom to to nothing no one even talks about him anymore they, they're destroying his career Right, Real Madrid does that to players, and Barca does that to players. So don't tell me I'm being biased because we're we're uh, us two. We're the worst for it. We're awful. We we are legitimately graveyards. I, I I don't think I don't think 
young players are attracted to go to these two clubs anymore because they've seen the treatment of other young players where, you know, Barca signed Halilovic, never gave him a chance, and then ditched him. Real Madrid signed Odegaard, never gave him a chance, ditched him. And now they want to buy him back. That's irony at its finest. Anyway, now I'm just rambling about nothingness. But but when it comes down to it, I think I think the treatment of Bale has been very poor. It hurts to see someone lose their passion for for the thing they once loved like that. And and this whole situation isn't really gonna make things better for him. The fact that he's been off and he's been able to play golf, right? He's not been able to play footy, but he's been able to play golf. So I think that kind of pushed him even more. But who knows what'll happen with that? You know, I'd like to see him I'd like to see him go to a, a club that deals with him a little bit better. I'd like to see his career revitalized. But anyway, news from the Prem. Sorry, I'm flip-flopping now. Um, back to the Prem. So um, I, for, I forget who said it. I'm trying so hard to remember. Troy Deeney, I think. I think. Said that even if the Prem comes back and Liverpool wins, their title will be tainted. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Because personally, I don't think that's true. Right? I think... I think this Liverpool squad dominated. I think if the Prem comes back or if the Prem, you know, gets cancelled, I think regardless, this Liverpool squad is one of the best teams we've ever seen in history of football. And you got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, the pandemic sucks. Yeah, it kind of changed things. But I don't think it changed the way they dominated football. You know, even if they come back and, and they're not the same team, we still had you know, three quarters probably of a season of just seeing them absolutely run through everyone. So what do you guys think? Is, is it tainted? Is their title is their title tainted if they do get it? Is it is it fairly won? I'm sure I'm sure some of you guys will have a nice opinion on that. But uh as always, Instagram at footy with Q. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk soon.